0: Hi there, this is the Rev. Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Well, even now in these continuing days of pandemic, when as congregations were all, shall we say, scattered, nonetheless, as the church, we're being joined together and being built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. That's an incredible spiritual truth. And it's the subject of today's message, which is based on Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. And it begins with kind of a sad memory of days gone by. Well, unless I miss my guess here, I suspect that most of us would be able to tell a story about a time in our lives when, for whatever reason, we felt left out. Now, I remember one time in particular very, very clearly. I was about 13 or 14 at the time. It's summertime and I'm at the lake and one day uh, I am sitting down on our dock all alone and feeling incredibly lonely while all my friends at the same time were all out there, as we used to say, on the pond, having fun together. Now, as I think back on it now, friends, I I don't think I could tell you the reason why this happened. I mean, most of the time, all the kids on our side of the lake had always kind of hung out together as one group. There was, you know, never anything like that, but I don't know, maybe... It was that by this time in our lives, some of the guys and girls were starting to find a little bit more than a passing interest in one another, and, well, I was just sort of the the third wheel in that equation, but it could be that some of the locals who knew each other from school tended to hang together and stay separate from those of us who were summer people. Or, you know, as I think back on it, maybe it was just a typical case of, of teenagers being fickle and flighty over matters of popularity. I mean, it does happen when you're a teenager, right? All I know is what I can remember is being down on that dock that afternoon and that day I just felt awful. I remember clearly now, literally feeling hurt to think that I was in essence now standing or sitting on the outside looking in somehow excluded from all the fun that my friends were all having. Diving off Barker Rocks, having cookouts down at Sand Cove, water skiing behind somebody's motorboat, or for that matter, just cruising up and down the shoreline, laughing and hanging out, being kids. I mean, I so wanted to be a part of that. I I so wanted to be accepted and included in a part of things. But you know what, since I, at that time in my life, I was far too shy and awkward to to do anything about that myself, to just kind of jump into that situation. Basically, I just kind of sat there on the dock through all that horrible afternoon, feeling lonely and isolated, alienated, and utterly excluded, all the while miserably watching from afar everybody else having a good time. Now, I didn't realize it at the time, friends, but at that very moment, not only was I experiencing something of the ways of the world as it truly exists, I was also learning a very important lesson in Christian theology. Now, I don't think I need to convince any of you out there that we live in a world where people and groups are routinely and systematically left out. People isolated and alienated from one another, and for any number of reasons. Racism, economics, age, classism, geography, issues of of gender inequality and identity, red state, blue state, you name it. It goes on and on and on. Each and all of it a catalyst for how Any semblance of unity and community can be just like that, torn asunder, creating in the process an us-versus-them mentality. Sadly, not even the church is immune to such behavior. Got to tell you, friends, many is the time over the years as a pastor that I have witnessed firsthand just how much bad habits, misbegotten traditions, And a wide array of deeply held prejudices serves only to create deep divisions within the church, leaving folks with this feeling that they are unwelcome, they're unworthy, and on the outside looking in. And that, you see, wherever or however it occurs, is not only a travesty, not only very sad, It's also heresy, because ours is the God who in Jesus Christ has broken down the dividing wall. That is, the hostility that exists between us. So that, in the words of our text this morning, those who were once far off has been brought near by the blood of Christ. With whatever dividing wall between us and God having been torn down, we become no longer strangers and aliens, but citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God. What that means, friends, is that not only are we brought close to God through Christ, it also means that the barriers that divide us are torn down as well. And we are joined together and built spiritually into one household that is no less than a dwelling place for God. A dwelling place for God with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. Bottom line, you see, is that no one for any reason should ever feel left out of the fellowship that exists in this community of faith, this body of Christ of which you and I are each apart. For the love that is sown in this body of Christ actively seeks to gather in all those who have ever stood on life's shoreline longing to be included. It is, as our hymn for this morning, or one hymn that uh, we were thinking about for this morning, actually, is our church's Charter of Salvation, one lord one faith one birth and each and every one of us friends are invited to be part of that divine charter the good news today always friends is that it is our lord's intent that no one should ever be left standing off to the sidelines No one should ever be left feeling lonely and isolated, alienated, and utterly excluded from the sacred community of God's people. That is a central truth of our faith, friends. But of course, all that said, it should also be noted, and this will also come as no surprise to you, that in these days of pandemic, this feeling of being lonely and isolated, alienated and utterly excluded, is taken on a whole new meaning, even as it pertains to the church. You know what's been interesting to me lately about all of this is that now, after two very long months of having this unprecedented experience of, of having to having not been able to hold in-person services because of the threat of COVID-19, across the denominational spectrum, friends, we've all been trying to figure out what happens next. I mean, do we seek to cautiously reopen? Do we take a a wait-and-see attitude? Uh, Do we commit some sort of civil disobedience as some are trying to do these days? Or do we just decide right now out of uh, out of a, an ample concern for safety and health that for the that we need to shut down for a year or more some churches i know locally are considering that even now none of these are easy choices to make and speaking as a pastor Believe me when I tell you that these are choices not taken lightly. They're maybe the most difficult decisions that any of our churches will ever have to make. But as I've been reading stories and seeing things on Facebook and hearing from some of my colleagues over the last few weeks, I've been thinking that even more difficult than some of those choices is this reality that we're all facing right now in these days of staying home that our congregations might have become well scattered as i've said to you folks before and i can't say it enough i am so appreciative and very gratified at all your support and understanding of of these online services but i will be the first to admit to you what we do here is never quite as satisfying as, or as meaningful as our physically coming together at church on a Sunday morning. And yes, I know, as the old saying goes, four walls and a steeple do not a church make. But I still got to confess that, that there are times these days that I worry that in so many days without the building, without the four walls and the steeple, we're going to end up feeling much like I felt on that fateful day so long ago, as though we're all just kind of standing on the outside looking in, feeling as though there's something out there, but we really just don't belong. Well, if you've been worried about that, friends, or if about now in this time of pandemic, you have been feeling in a multitude of ways on the outside looking in, let me just say to you this morning that it seems to me that this good news that Paul brought to the Ephesians, it belongs to us as well. To put this all in its proper context, uh, you need to know that there was actually a fair amount of division amongst the early Christians in Ephesus. Obstensibly, as, as you heard, It had to do with the Jewish ritual of circumcision and and how the letter of the law was to be followed. But what it really was all about was the insiders versus the outsiders. About who amongst them were the truest, longest, and most important members of the church and, and who among them weren't. And as far as Paul was concerned, This kind of behavior was unacceptable it was a sin of division a sin that not only compromised the church's witness and its very existence but a sin that also grieved the lord paul makes clear that the church as god intends for it to be and as jesus christ himself gathered it the church is meant to be one As Paul says elsewhere in this epistle, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. In other words, folks, it's not about the stone foundations and white clapboards of a church building. It's not about the program that a church offers. It's not even about the joy in our singing and praying and sitting together on an admittedly uncomfortable set of pews for an hour or so on Sunday morning. In the end, it's all about who we are and how we are as a people of faith. A people like the Christians at Ephesus who were once far off, but now who are near to God and in the process drawn ever closer to one another. People who through Jesus Christ share the same Spirit and have equal access to the Father. As the message translates this part of, of Paul's epistle, it's plain enough. You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much to the name. Christian as anyone. And here's the capper, also as translated by the message. And God, he's using us all. Irrespective of how we got there, in what he is building, he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. A temple in which God is white at home you see that's the thing I think sometimes we forget about ourselves as the church and it's the thing that we have to keep reminding ourselves of right about now the church is not something we go to it's something that we are It's that strong identity that we bring to a hurting and divided and isolated world. It is an identity given to us in the person of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen. Friends, Jesus is the one who invites us here. Jesus is the one who makes us who we are. And it is Jesus who gives us what we need to survive and to thrive. To quote one Kevin Baker, Jesus, he says, is the singular God and human wrecking crew that demolishes division and gifts us with unity, peace, and reconciliation. And here's the thing even now, especially now, Jesus will not ever, ever leave us on the sidelines, ever feeling apart from that unity ever feeling lonely and isolated, alienated, and utterly excluded. Never. Because you and I, all of us together, beloved, we've been made into his dwelling place. And that will never, ever change. Well, I should tell you that in my particular story about feeling left out, and it's the biggest reason I remember this so clearly. It was an actually an experience that was short-lived. Maybe it had been an oversight. Perhaps one of them saw me sitting there alone and figured, oh, we ought to go include him in this. But the end of the story is, is that before long, here were all of my friends inviting me to come along with them. Ten minutes later, folks, we are swimming and cruising and water skiing, and it's like nothing had ever happened. Just as quickly as I hopped into that boat, all those feelings of hurt and isolation about being left out, they vanished. And they were replaced with this incredibly joyful feeling of belonging. And it felt good. You know what that feels like. It feels good to belong, to be invited, to, to be welcomed in, to be inside that circle of friendship rather than on the outside looking in. Well, beloved, that's what our God wants for each one of us, most especially in these days when it's become so easy to feel scattered and disconnected from one another. I know that in the face of a still uncertain future, it's hard for us to think of ourselves as existing apart from our building and our traditions and our routines and in our usual sense of purpose. But we need to understand that when our Lord talks of our being gathered together as the church, he's talking about a house not made by human hands, but by his loving hands. A house that's made up of people whose hearts and lives have been changed forever by the strong and saving grace of Jesus Christ. In a house where community and fellowship and mission and joy and fun and praise and prayer and praising are not just buzzwords, but the way that we live. We are the church, friends. You and me together and wherever we happen to be this morning we are the holy temple of the Lord built together into a dwelling place for God may it be said of each one of us beloved that that in us God was and is alive and that he is part of this church and he's part of us And may our thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, A Dwelling Place for God. And it was recorded on May the 17th as part of our current series of online services of worship at East Church in Concord, New Hampshire. Well, as the current COVID-19 crisis continues, so do these online services, and we'd like to invite you to share in those services with us. We come together via Facebook Live every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, and while we're there, we have some music, prayer, and a message for the day. These services have truly been the next best thing to be in there, and they've kept us together as a congregation in a spirit of prayer and fellowship, and it has meant a whole lot to us. We'd love to have you be a part of that. And so with that, we're at the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I do thank you for listening. And I thank you, especially right now, for your support of this podcast. Until next time, stay healthy, stay home, keep up that social distancing, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.